0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. And this is the AFC East Free Agency Grade Micropod uh, in an effort to see if I can manage time correctly. And to hit all the divisions, we are going to rip through some smaller podcasts. You'll find them in your feed, sprinkled throughout the week as we work our way towards the draft. As always, we will have a mailbag coming up, uh, but we will hit all these eight divisions. Make sure and check those out. And while you're checking those out, you should also remember that it's still madness time in the sports world. The NCAA tournament, as crazy as ever. And you're a diehard sports fan, which means you want to stay in the know with all sports. And that's where CBS Sports HQ is your streaming answer. Think about what's on tap this week. Alone NFL draft, NFL draft trade coverage, NFL off-season coverage, MLB opening day is Thursday, Bellator 255. Uh, we got the Valero Texas Open coming up, the Masters in two weeks, and, of course, unmatched breaking news coverage. We could go on, but you get it. Sports never sleeps, and neither does CBS Sports HQ. It's available on your computer, your phone, via the CBS Sports app, and your connected TV. I leave it on all day long, and if you live and breathe sports, you should do that too. All right, joining me to talk with the AFC East, uh, the only man who would be, we would even think about calling for an AFC's podcast. He's from Boston. It's Sully. Tyler Sullivan. What's up, buddy?
1: What's going on? Well, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Um, I, I, am going to try not to derail the podcast with this quick but you're going to derail it? <laughs> I mean, well, you were in, you did, we, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I was doing a Toucher and Rich radio hit with, uh, on 98 Five, the sports hub in Boston. But I love those guys. They're great. I go on every week, every Tuesday morning and, um, they were like, who's this idiot Tyler Sullivan? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like one, Sully's a good, great dude. And two, he definitely listens to your show. Like, please, like, like don't torch him. And then you ended up going on Wednesday because they were mad at you about a proposed Patriots trade, uh, that involves Stefan Gilmore and a future first or no 15 Stefan Gilmore and some change to get up to number four. Uh, how did your radio hit with, uh, T and Argo?
1: It went well. They, they dragged me through the mud like, like they should. And it was, sure. it was good. It was good. I mean, we ultimately, uh, agreed to disagree. They didn't even hammer me on that one the most yeah. because I kind of just, you know, made a case for it and and, 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 stood the ground. The one with Cincinnati where I was kind of throwing in like, you know, future first, handful of pinks and Akilah Harry. That one was getting a little weird because I don't know if Akilah <laughs> Harry has any value, but. Right. I think the the moral to the story is probably when, when you're talking about a draft class like the one that we're looking at with a bunch of quarterbacks, the, the draft value chart isn't the most accurate tool to use when you're trying to figure out how teams can trade up. Because, you know, as we all know, certain picks with they have certain players that are there, it, it changes the value of sorts. A first rounder is not, you know, if it's in the top five, if you're talking about a linebacker, if, or if you're talking about a quarterback, those are two totally different values, even though it's still the number five overall pick or what have you.
0: Right. Like the 2013 draft where EJ Manuel was the top quarterback, like the, the Chiefs couldn't even get out of the first pick. like They were desperate to get out and couldn't do it.
1: But I will tell you real quickly, the, the funniest part about that whole situation was, you know, I love those guys. I've been listening to them since I was a teenager. It's, right, it's, it's an awesome show. I was getting in my car getting you know just leaving leaving uh, uh cvs and i <laughs> get back in and i i hear you doing the whole britney spears leave britney alone leave tyler <laughs> alone and i'm like what is
0: happening right i, I can't I, I was like leave sully alone like at the, end, at the end of my hit because um i was like i'm sure I mean, surely he's out there like there's a decent chance you're out there listening oh, yeah. i'm like i'm like what well, i was like i was i tried to be uh as as uh I tried to be as kind as I could when they asked me about the offer. But then I realized, too, that on this podcast, I didn't even we talked about doing something like that. So it was like, man, you know. It's
1: an, it's an exact science. I mean, yeah. you know, and again, but, I will say the 49ers trade didn't help me. No, at all. It didn't help no. me. It would have yeah. appreciated if they waited a little bit longer. But, again, it, when you talk about quarterbacks and all of that, it it, it changes the value. It, it certainly does.
0: It absolutely learn, does. We'll have uh, plenty more coverage, of course, of the draft and the trades that are happening around it. it seems like it's going to be a pretty spicy draft. But let's get into the free agency grades. And we start with the Patriots, uh, who had a very, very, very busy offseason. They signed Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, of course. Matthew Judon, uh, the pass rusher they added. They plucked Kyle Van Noy back, along with the, the beginning of comp pick for Kyle Van which is wildly insane. Uh, also added Jalen Mills on the back end of the defense and picked up, uh, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne. Um, Cam Newton was re-signed. James White brought back David Andrews as well. And they end up losing Joe Tooney in free agency, although reportedly reportedly were still, you know, trying to get in on him and spend money on him too. Patrick Chung, uh, retired. If you're grading the Patriots offseason so far, grading the free agency, uh, the, the Pats, Free agency grade, not their off-season grade. How would you uh, – what grade would you give the Pats?
1: And when we did this uh, for the ed- editorial team, we did this a couple of weeks ago or about a week and a half ago, whatever it was, and I gave them a B plus, And that I almost felt was generous. And I'm kind Ooh. of a little bit more critical on New England just because I almost feel like they're – and I, I was really going to give them maybe a B, B-, minus, but after that second week, which was what I thought was probably their most impressive or most important – was re-signing David Andrews, bringing back James White, Lawrence Guy. Those are are, you know, not I mean, James White maybe outside of it, but David Andrews, Lawrence Guy. Those are two key pieces to a successful New England Patriots team, and guys that they probably needed to retain because it was tough to replace what you could give them, whether it's at the draft or in the open market and free agency. When you're talking about John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, and and, and Jalen Mills and, and Matt Judon, those guys are awesome, but you almost they were they, they were not luxuries they were necessities and I think that that's probably where I have the biggest gripe with New England it's you needed to go get those guys we're, we're, we're freaking out that they had a crazy offseason but they needed to have that and so I don't want to give them too much credit for spending a ton of money or throwing cash at a major problem yeah, I think that's fair I mean
0: it's also like if this were a different team are we giving them a B plus or an A minus or, you know, even an A or is it like, if it, like if the, if the 2015 Dolphins did this, right? Just, I mean, plucking a team, you know, a, a mediocre team that missed the playoffs and then decided to just spend all the money in free agency. Are we giving them credit for spending all that money? No, no, we're probably like, hey, look, you know, they had a good offseason. They got, they got some high value players, but they, they wasted a ton of money. Now, having said that, I, I would personally give the Patriots an A, somewhere in the A range, just because one, and, I, and I've mentioned this on the podcast a bunch. So I don't want to belabor the point, but one, I think that Bill Belichick saw, uh, I think he saw a shift in supply and demand because of the salary cap situation and because of, um, all, like, uh, various players who were on the open market and all, and, and, and decided to be aggressive in the, in, in this offseason. Um, and, and then two, I really like the guys that he got. I mean, you know, Matthew Judon and, and Jalen Mills and the, those wide receivers are fine. But to, to me, getting Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry just completely rejuvenates, uh, what was a, a, a lethargic offense last year. So, I, I like what they did. Um I don't necessarily know that um you know it, I don't necessarily guarantee that it will, will work and I think there's still some stuff left to be done, but I I'm a I'm a fan of the offseason.
1: Yeah, I mean again, I'm giving them a plus. It's not yeah. like I'm, I'm hammering it or anything and, like and that. Look, again, I
0: agree with you. Like you don't win Super Bowl. The Patriots have this is not what the Patriots did. They won six Super Bowls in the last twenty years, and they did by not by not being idiots in free agency.
1: I mean, Robert Kraft has quoted this offseason saying that we used to laugh at the teams that that spent, sure. uh, you know, a ton of money and, and basically did what New England did. The other thing that I thought was, you know, a little bit. Odd for New England is it almost felt like they misread the wide receiver market because they came out of the gates day one. I mean, everybody remembers Matt Judon, you know, uh, Johnu Smith, but they also brought in Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar to deals that are, are are pretty large. When you start to look at you know what you know, maybe not Kenny Galladay, but what you know, uh, Curtis Samuel or or Juju Smith Schuster decided to to haul in. To haul into me. That is something that you know maybe is a little bit of a miscalculation, but again, a need you know Nelson Aguilar does stretch the field when he's when he's on again. he had one great year in Vegas last year. Kendrick Bourne could be a nice possession guy It helps, but I almost wonder if that was if they had waited a little bit longer, would they have gotten those guys on the cheap again you can't wait, you gotta get a guy if you like him, but it does feel like they may have overpaid there a little bit
0: yeah i mean the the Aguilar thing you know it's. Uh, I mean, they could cut him next offseason and say 5 million against a cap, but you know, he would still have a, you know, $10 million dead cap hit, you know? So it's like, okay, I mean, you know, if, if Nelson Aguilar is 2020 Nelson Aguilar, great. If he's anything before that, you know, or if you play him like the Eagles played him, then you're going to have a, a, a problem. The Bourne deal, if I recall correctly, and I'm, I think it can be just a
1: one year. That one is not as bad. Then the, the Addor yeah. one is the one that really sets yeah. the race of my brows.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Bourne deal could just be a one year deal and you got 2.8 million dead on the cap next year, which is, is not too terrible if he doesn't work out and he, and he's still young, but I, I agree with you. I mean, it's like, let's, I don't want to. I don't want to fall head over heels in love with a Patriots freewheeling offseason. The Buffalo Bills went out and spent a little bit of cash, uh, but mostly just retained their own guys. They signed Emmanuel Sanders, who will, I don't want to say replace John Brown because they're just not the same player at all. But I mean, I suppose attempt to replace his production or his snaps at wide receiver. Mitchell Trubisky on a dirt cheap backup quarterback deal and Jacob Hollister, the old running mate at Wyoming for Josh Allen are their additions. They also brought back Daryl Williams, Joe Feliciano, and uh, very importantly, in my opinion, Matt Milano. While losing John Brown, Andre Roberts, Quentin Jefferson, and Brian Winters, what's your uh, what's your grade for the Bills, Sully?
1: Best in the AFC East, A minus. I yeah, mean, I like when it. you're when you're talking about a team that made it the AFC Championship last year, is an ascending team. They they you know I we we are praising them for the the year that they had in 2020, but I think a lot of us are, are at least looking at Josh Allen saying sneaky MVP candidate, whatever the value is, that's probably going to be a sexy kind of uh odds play there. Once we get closer to the season, we start talking about that a little bit more but they retained a ton of their key guys you just said. I mean, I think the biggest surprise is probably Milano. I don't, I don't think anybody really assumed that he would be back, but he has come out and said, or, or at least it's been reported, that he wants to come back, believes in the Bills being a legitimate contender in the AFC. And when you're able to have guys like that buy in, it, it's just so huge for your organization and again not the sexiest offseason it's not like new england where they're you know throwing the money around bringing in these huge names but they retain guys that got them to the afc championship got what was you know looked at as a you know uh, undesirable starting quarterback now turned probably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the nfl and mitch trubisky especially when you put him with brian Dayball and have him kind of you know you know immerse himself into that offense and i like the addition of emmanuel sanders over yeah. down brown I-, I like that a lot it's a possession guy to Go up, uh, up against uh Stefan Diggs in that offense, and, and again, like you said, the uh the Wyoming connection with with Jacob Hollister, who has impressed over you know stretches in his career, whether it was briefly in New England or if it was in Seattle. I, I actually like what he brings to the table as well. I thought it was a great offseason.
0: Yeah, and uh, when I say replace John Brown, that's actually I mean you're right. It is. It's it's not a fair the character. Targets
1: will be there. It's
0: it's you know it's well. Uh, I, I would not even argue that like. Maybe the way to say it the way I should have said it, and I'm like arguing against myself here, but Gabe Davis is replacing John Brown. Like they believe Gabe Davis in his second year can take a big step forward, replace what John Brown brought to the table, not be injured. And then you have, you know, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Emmanuel Sanders, who are I mean, like those are just that's three technicians who are just gonna get
1: open. And I believe they brought back Isaiah McKenzie as well, who yeah. I really like, whether, you know, special teams, kind of gadget guy that you can throw. He's a bunch the- of, on, uh, on end and stuff like that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I loved watching him. So, you know, that's a guy that you can maybe see even evolve a little bit more into that offense. So yeah. I, I, no.
0: And I, I, one, one quibble with your, your comments. I, I like the grade. I agree with it. A minus. Uh, I don't think Josh Allen's sneaky to win the MVP. He's that's just, he's true, just right? one of the biggest, <laughs> pay. like he's, I mean, and, and that's fine, but like, but that's, you know, that's why given his, the leap he took last year, And all the additions they made this offseason, he's just a viable MVP candidate, you know? And we see it all the time where, um, you know, like, like this is the why people are, Patrick Mahomes will win 10 MVPs. It's like, yeah, people are going to get bored, though, you know? Like, if, if Josh Allen has a monster season... People are gonna to want
1: to name him MVP at some point. It's, why, it's it's why like LeBron doesn't have a million MVPs, or, or it's
0: why, or it's like why Coach K and Bill Belichick don't yeah. have a bunch of Coach of the Year exactly. awards. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, look, this is a great offseason. The Bills have done nothing but crush it. Frankly, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been fantastic since they got there. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, the Miami Dolphins.
1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Okay, so the Miami Dolphins have been busy. They have a ton of draft picks. Uh, they didn't spend a ton of free agency. Um, added Will Fuller on a one-year deal. Nice cheap deal, but he's going to miss at least one game. Bring in Jacoby Brissett to replace the departed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, not that Fitzpatrick is gone from this earth. He's just playing football somewhere else. Uh, in Washington, Malcolm Brown uh, they brought in a, a, to fill the running back room, uh, Bernardrick McKinney. And they also lost, uh, as I mentioned, Fitz, Ted Karras, Kyle Van Noy, and Shaq Lawson uh, while retaining Jason Sanders, their kicker, on a big extension. What was your grade for the Dolphins, for the Finns, Sully?
1: I gave him a C plus worse than the division. It's in, and it's again, I like where the dolphins are going. I I love the draft moves that they're making in terms of making those huge swings with the trades and everything like that. But specifically speaking about free agency, I, I just don't, love these moves. It almost feels like they're dipping their toe in just a little bit and not really cannonballing when you have a young quarterback who you say you believe in and you, what you got to do is build around him. Use that money that you're not spending on him right now elsewhere around the roster. And, and I think the biggest one for me is Will Fuller. I, I like him if you're telling me he's playing 16 games. I don't believe that he's playing 16 games. I, I, I was, just, not without PEDs. Well, not, not with the PEDs, exactly. <laughs> right. so you already know he's not playing. But, but even 15, you know,
0: no, of- no, I mean, I mean, I'm saying like he's never been healthy until last year when he got suspended for PEDs. That should tell you something because PEDs make you better. They also make you healthier.
1: And, and so, you know, it, it, I I forget where I read it, but somebody, or I think it was a tweet or something like that. But and I, and forgive me, who, whoever tweeted it. Congratulations, it was a good tweet. Where it was, Will Fuller is great, but when you start depending on him, that's when he's the least dependable person. It, mm. It's just. It, it, it makes all the sense in the world. You want to add a deep threat weapon opposite of Devontae Parker for Tua, who, I, I, first of all, I don't even know if it really meshes. He, he had a little bit of a deep ball at Alabama, but they were almost reluctant and refused to let him throw the deep ball in Miami. And they the had, first they had, after.
0: and they, and Alabama had plenty of deep ball weapons right, too. Right. Really. So and, I mean, and again,
1: it's, it's different apples and oranges sometimes with college and the NFL when you're talking stuff like that. For but sure. Like, it, it, they, Just didn't want him to throw the deep ball last year, and I don't know if that was a lack of personnel, if that was a lack of faith in his ability to throw the deep ball or whatever. I just wonder if this is even a fit, too, with with Will Fuller. So that's probably my biggest gripe, just because it's the the flashiest name and all that. I do like them adding Adam Butler. He's a guy that was in New England for a while, so I'm up close. Really good guy to add in the interior. Brian Flores knows him well, but... The Will Fuller one to me, I, I just can't really, can't really buy it right now.
0: I, I mean, I, I think you may even be a little high on their, on their offseason. And it's not, again, we're not saying you have to spend money and go crazy to get a good grade, but like they gave a $22 million contract to a kicker. That yeah. was their big signing. And I, you know, I think too, when you talk about this grade and how their all season win in free agency, you also have to account for, you know, the, not, not just the losses. Like did these losses make you worse, but like, what was the Kyle Van Noy signing? Like yeah. what was the point? Yeah. Why did you give them all that money? You know, and they have plenty of cash. They've been a bad team for a long time. They're coming around. I'm not saying they're a, a dumb organization because they, you know, did the Van Noy and, and Shaq Lawson signings and they didn't work out. But you know, it, it does, you do question, you know, those were two of the flashier moves they made last
1: offseason. Is that, you know, are, are we, should we be worried about that moving forward? That's totally fair. And to me, I, I almost feel like Van Noy is a guy that you want to have. In your locker room, in, you know, in your environment, when your Brian Flores trying to establish a culture with a young quarterback, you know, he, he's an outspoken guy, a good guy from all accounts. It, it just feels like that's a guy you would want to keep, and it, it was a puzzling decision for them to 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 cut him. It wasn't even like they were cap strapped or anything along those lines. I mean, they cleared cap getting rid of him, but I, I don't know. That one was a head scratcher to me. And again, you know. They're building something solid. Maybe they're, maybe they're looking at it from a standpoint of, listen, we don't need to invest crazy into free agency right now. We're going to, you know, we're moving all around the draft board. We're accumulating picks. We're building a young core around Tua and that's how we're going to do this thing. And once those young core kind of ascend into, okay, they're ready to go in year two or year three, then we'll start to spend a little bit more to keep this, this rock skipping. But you know, just in a vacuum, I I didn't love a ton of their moves.
0: Yeah. And. I, I look. I think it's fair too to point out that you know, of course they ha- they they drafted two at six. You're all in on two. Of it. That's what you want to do. But you know the reason they made the uh, the reason they almost made the playoffs. did they make the playoffs? I can't remember yeah. anything about last year for some very reason. close. But this is the weirdest thing. Like I, I mean, I swear I'm not. This has never happened before. Like I like I, 2020. I just can't. Anyway, um, yeah, they Probably barely missed you know, it. More. They got blown out by the Bills. That's right in week 17. Um, anyway, they like. And Fitz couldn't play because he had COVID, right? Um, like the only reason they were in the playoff hunt is because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And so if
1: and Jacoby Brissett's not doing that for you, he's a good backup, but he's maybe. not. He's, yeah. But he's not like I. I, I can't imagine that they're going to do this bullpen thing again. I, I, you know, I I like it. I liked it. I thought it was nifty. But like for a development of a young quarterback. That that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it maybe helps you in week six, but it doesn't help you in week six three years from now when Tua needs to have that experience right. that, of of making that fourth quarter comeback or at least attempting it.
0: And, and it also feels like the Dolphins, given what they did last year and how close they came, it's like th- I think there is a temptation to say that they need to be more aggressive in their in trying to make a run. Uh, at the same time, because you won those games even without the playoff berth, you know. Brian Flores, the job he's done, the way he's perceived, I think as winning games like that, is, same thing happened in Carolina, like you alleviate some of the pressure and the concern with how you're going to be perceived in your own job and whether or not you should be concerned about your own job. Uh, the New York football jets. No longer being run by Mike McKagan and did not make a bunch of wild and zany moves. Instead, they did spin a free agency, uh, but mostly went after younger guys at, at positions that are more valued in the NFL, unlike running back and middle linebacker. Remember, C.J. Mosley and, and Le'Veon Bell, who I'm referring to, of course, they had Carl Lawson. A 25 year old pass rusher will be 26 this offseason. Corey Davis, I think an ascending young player. Gerard Davis, former really high, high draft pick for the Lions, uh, in the interior there. Tevin Coleman at running back. See, they got cheap options at running back and, and middle linebacker. Sheldon Rankins, former first round pick of the Saints, Lamarcus Joyner and Tyler Croft. Some, some sneaky good names in there. They also brought back Marcus May, one of the few good players on the roster. And they lost, uh, Prashad Perryman, who, um, had flashed for them at times. What, uh, what grade would you
1: give the Jets, Sully? B plus. Um- I mean, bravo. Thank, finally. Yeah. You know, Like you were alluding to, the exact opposite type of offseason that they had a few years ago when they were throwing money at Le'Veon Bell, Mosley. You don't need to do that. You are a franchise that's about to really hit the reset button. You're more than likely drafting Zach Wilson. What you're going to do is make smart, shrewd moves like what they did this offseason. I I think Carl Lawson's a great addition. Like you were saying, young pass rusher, doesn't have – The double-digit sack season, which is probably why I, I maybe didn't get, like, a ton of looks or whatever, or his market wasn't extremely massive, like maybe Shaq Barrett's would have been. But this is a guy that's a stud, and he's young, and he's somebody that you can add to that front seven that's going to help your young quarterback. I think we we sometimes almost look at it a little bit too much of, uh oh, well, you need to build the, the offensive line. You need to give them a tight end, which is true. You know, those things are great for young quarterbacks. But what's even better for a young quarterback is a defense that shuts these teams out, where you're not having to throw for a million yards and, and score every second. And so, to me, you add a guy like, like Carl Lawson, and, and you add all those guys on defense like Rankins and bringing back Marcus May on the franchise tag. To me, to me, that, that's just a, a stellar job there by Joe Douglas and them. And then on the offensive side of things, again, you didn't throw a ton of money at a running back. You were smart with it. And I actually like you. I'm, I'm with you. I, I like Corey Davis and, and I actually like, uh, Keelan Cole too. I think he's a, a great, you know, one. Oh yeah. I forgot
0: player. to mention Keelan Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Good call.
1: You know, that's a good little one two pairing there, depending on what else you do. You know, I, I to me, I just feel like they really made some. Again, they didn't jump, you know, to make the headlines or anything like that. They just made some shrewd decisions that are going to help them, not just in 2021, but going forward.
0: So I look at what the Jets have done under Joe Douglas, and I really think it mimics what the Bills did
1: yeah, uh, in very, Buffalo. Very similar.
0: Like, they, they got a bunch of offensive linemen that people are like, oh, like Connor McGovern, Greg Van, you know, Van Roten, like, oh, like, really, you loaded up. I mean, you know, they signed some like mid-tier offensive linemen who I think they had traits that they, that they sort of coveted, but, you know, they don't think they're elite superstars or anything like that. But then mix in Makai Becton, who is going to be a superstar if he's not already. Yeah. And suddenly you have this line that's been together for, you know, a couple of years now. You 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 add some weapons. You, you don't cut Jamison Crowder. I think that's an underrated move too. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah. you know he's a great, he's a quarterback's best friend. Um you bring in Corey Davis, who can be a physical number one if 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 you know he he pans out. Uh you have Denzel Mems there who's the burner. And then as you point out, Keelan Cole is a nice little addition as well. And so you have all those pieces in place on the offense, and that gives you the option to either keep going with Sam Darnold, which I, I we don't think they're going to do at this point. Doesn't feel like it. But like now you can draft the quarterback high and you do the opposite of what the Jets did with Sam Darnold. They dropped Sam Darnold into a total crap show with nothing around him and no help whatsoever and then paid big money for an inside linebacker and a running back who hadn't played in a year. So instead what you do is you build the infrastructure around the quarterback and then you pluck the quarterback at two and plop him in there and you let him grow and develop like like the Bills did with Josh Allen Um. And and then defensively, man, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is like the 86 Bears or anything, but Quinn Williams, Sheldon Rankins and Carl Lawson on the, the front on the, seven
1: was good last year and all of a sudden you had Carl Lawson. Like that's, yeah. that's fine.
0: And man. Gerard Davis is a, can be a tackling machine. They have Ashton Davis and Marcus May on the back end. I mean, I really like Bryce Hall coming out of Virginia. So I, 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 I agree with you. I think it's a B plus, maybe an A minus. Yeah. And I think, I think the Jets, if they hit on Zach Wilson or you know, whoever they take it to, or if they can fix Sam Darnold, are a sneaky uh, playoff team next year, maybe.
1: Yeah, no, 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 I mean they they are spicy. I will I will say they're that. spicy. And, and so the other thing too is, you know, yeah, we have to wait and see what they do at number two again. Zach Wilson, whoever you want to throw in there, but you're going to get a lot of, you know, a, a decent amount of haul for Sam Donald if and when you ultimately move on. From Second, well. third, something like that, whatever, whatever it's going to be. And, it, and it, if you're a New York Jets fan and you're you're bitter about how the Sam Donald era went, at least you can look at it now, like you were alluding to. They're learning from their mistakes, and again, it's not the same decision makers and all of that, but the organization is going in the direction that many were clamoring for when Sam Donald was the up-and-coming quarterback that they wanted to build around for the next 10 years. It feels like they're doing that right now, building a strong foundation for zach wilson or enter any quarterback they take it sure. to it, it feels like they're they're heading in a very positive direction bills like in, in the early infancy of their uh what's now looking like a legit afc uh contender and
0: hey, look if you don't screw up all that stuff you don't get joe douglas and so you did not get to build this which you think is going to work so so you have that there pretty decent offseason uh free agency for the afc sully as always thanks buddy uh make sure to check out the feed for other grades